and welcome to Today in Sports Betting for Wednesday, January 26, 2022. I'm your host, Doug Reed. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. That's R-E-I-D 34. And as usual, this is a sports ethos presentation. If you're not already following us on Twitter, I have two Twitter uh, accounts that I highly recommend you follow. One is Ethos Wagering. That's E-T-H-O-S Wagering. You can get uh, daily wagering tips, comments, thoughts. Uh, Our free play is posted there each day. Uh, Lots of information that comes out throughout the day. And also, if you're a fantasy basketball fan, I highly recommend Ethos Fantasy BK for basketball. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed out there. You get all the NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition, provides more analysis as well. Again, that's Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. So quick recap of yesterday uh, on the boards. I was 2-4 and four in the NBA, some crazy games. I actually won, had the Clippers plus four against Washington. They were down, I think, 30 points uh, early in the second half. Don't know how they pulled that out. Um, but at plus four and a half, I was quite happy to cash that. Uh, in college, I was 4-0. and oh, So overall, 6-4 and four for the day, uh, plus 1.55 units. My big win in college was my deep dive that I went over on the show yesterday. And it was an off-the-beaten-path kind of game. Saint Tom, The St. Thomas Tommies, their first year in D1, uh, were at North Dakota State. So not a lot of coverage, not a lot of people probably following this game, but I did a bit of a deep dive on St. Thomas. And they are a crazy three-point shooting team. Um, they shoot almost as much as anybody in the country, rely on three points as much as anybody in the country. And they played a lot of teams that don't defend the three, so their numbers look even better. North Dakota State, however, does defend the three pretty well. So I took North Dakota State at minus seven and a half, and I took the under of 149. I figured the Tommies weren't going to be scoring like they usually do. Total came in uh, at 133, so I got that. And North Dakota State won 77.56, so easily covered that seven and a half point spread. So pretty excited about that. I'm probably going to be on the Tommies a few more times. Saturday, they play a, a decent team, a, a weak team defending the three ball. But then the next three games, I think the first one is next Thursday. Definitely going to be looking at taking maybe an under again with St. Thomas when they face teams that can actually defend the three ball. So uh, that's just a quick recap. Big news of the day yesterday in sports was Baseball Hall of Fame uh, nominees. They only induct. They will only induct one player, David Ortiz. Barry Bonds and uh, um, Roger Clemens did not get inducted and they are no longer on the ballot. Comical, uh, in my opinion, that basically it's a popularity contest. Everybody loved Big Pappy, as did I. I mean, who, who couldn't love the guy? And he was a fantastic player and completely deserves to be in the hall. And everybody hated Barry Bonds his whole career and at the end didn't really like Roger Clemens. So baseball writers decided not to vote either of them into the hall. All three, uh, highly speculative, they were... At the peak of the PED era in baseball, all three highly speculative that they were involved with that. And I think Ortiz even was caught uh, and admitted to doing it. But again, it's more of a popularity contest, which is kind of, I think, diminishing the value of the Hall of Fame. Uh, certainly in baseball, uh, it's comical that somebody like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, the two you know, most dominant hitter and one of the most dominant pitchers of that era, uh, cannot get in and are now off the ballot while David Ortiz, who was a career DH, but again, deserves on his numbers to be in the hall, but a career DH uh, got in the hall easily. So interesting news, um, but we're not here to talk about that news of the day. We're here to talk of some sports wagering and some lines. 
so we'll get right at it. In the NBA, there's 10 games tonight. College basketball, there is 54 games. And on the ice, uh, there's five. And I'm going to touch on a few from each. Well, I'm going to touch on a few games across all three sports. Uh, when we go to the NBA, there's three games I like. But we'll start in uh, Indiana, where Charlotte comes into Indiana. Charlotte's two and a half point favorite. Indiana, or total 229 and a half. Hayward's questionable. For Indiana, they have Brogdon, Sabonis, Turner, McConnell, all out. Um, I would probably lean Charlotte here, but um, after their, they, were, they were in Toronto last night, lost to the Raptors, but uh, I would probably lean them. Just Indiana's just too beat up, but not, not touching this game. The next game is the LA Clippers on the second game of a back-to-back road, uh, road, trip, road games for them at Orlando. Orlando favored by one and a half, uh, total 214 and a half. Paul George is still out for the Clippers. Uh, Mo Bamba is questionable for Orlando. Uh, I've got this line as a very slight favorite to uh, lean to Orlando, so I'm not going to touch it. And same, same with the total. Uh, the next game is Milwaukee at Cleveland. Milwaukee is minus four. Giannis is questionable, but probable. And Grayson Allen is out uh, for Cleveland. Markkinen's out and um, Allen's out for them as well. Uh, Jared Allen, their big man in the middle. Minus four is a little rich for me. I've got this basically as a pick 'em, uh, neutral, neutral, neutral site, which there never is in the NBA, but neutral site, I would lean Milwaukee. But with the home court advantage, I would lean Cleveland. So I'm actually on this um, Cleveland plus four. I like the Cavs in this spot. Um, next game of the night is the Knicks travel to Miami. Uh, Miami's favored by five and a half. Total is 204. My, I'm somewhere between five and a half and six, so I'm not touching this game. Lowry was out for personal reasons on the Heat. Uh, Hero uh, is questionable. I think he's out too, but he's uh, questionable. For the Knicks, uh, their big men, Noel and Rob- Robinson, both questionable. Um, so Nerland's Noel out, or questionable, and Robinson questionable. I clearly by my line, I like Miami. I just think it's a little too tight. Miami should be able to win, uh, but a five and a half, probably laying right around the right number. So I'm going to avoid that one. The next one is Sacramento, second game of a back-to-back on the road for them. They travel to Atlanta. The Hawks find themselves nine and a half point favorites, total 230 and a half. I've got the Hawks at about a four or five point favorite. So I would actually lean pretty strong lean here in Sacramento, but De'Aaron Fox is questionable. If he's out, this is a no play for sure. Atlanta's only missing Bodanovich. Um, but I'm just, the Hawks have been, pardon me, uh, the Kings have just been too inconsistent for me. So I'm not going to touch this game. The next game of the night, Denver travels to Brooklyn. Denver is on back-to-back road games. Brooklyn is on back-to-back home games. And the Nets laid an egg last night. I was actually on the Nets and lost that one uh, against L.A. They lost 106-96. They came in as three-point underdogs and lost by 10. Um, So I'm on them again tonight. Maybe foolish me. But Denver comes in two-and-a-half-point favorites, total 221-and-a-half. Will Barton's questionable. Uh, the Nets will be without Durant, obviously, because he's injured. And because it's a home game, they'll be without Kyrie Irving. Uh, but I still like the Nets to bounce back here. And if not win the game, certainly keep it close. Uh, so willing to get, take the two and a half points with the home Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the next game, we travel to Chicago. The Raptors are in town. The Raptors are um, back-to-back. They're at home last night on the road tonight in Chicago. Uh, the Bulls are four-point favorites. Total 219. I've got the Bulls as... Um, uh, even more of a favorite than that. But Lonzo Ball is out. Caruso's out. Vucevic is probable. 
Uh, Van Vliet didn't play yesterday, and Scotty Barnes didn't play. Barnes, they're both questionable, but Van Vliet, I, when I last checked, Van Vliet wasn't on the injury report, so he's probably just resting last night. But at minus four, uh, I think that line's pretty solid. Um, but the Raptors are playing well. Chicago with Ball, Ball and Crusoe out. That's a tough call picking them right now. So I'm going to avoid that game as well. Uh, the next game of the night, we have Memphis traveling to San Antonio. Uh, the Spurs are on the second game of a back-to-back. They were on the road yesterday. They're home tonight. Memphis comes in four and a half point favorites, total 228.5. Brooks is out for Memphis. Bain is questionable and Brandon Clark's questionable. I think they're expecting Bain back tonight, but he's still questionable. Um, I would lean Memphis. My line basically has is a pick em, and the total is closer to 219 than 228.5. So I would lean Memphis, maybe go under. Memphis has been hot and cold lately. Um, as a San Antonio, frankly. Um, but if I had to pick, I would leave Memphis, but not, not going to be on this game. Then we have Dallas traveling to Portland. Um, Dallas on the second game of back-to-back, both on the road. Portland's on the second game of back-to-back, both at home. We've got the Mavs at four-point favorites, total 217. I, uh, if I had to lean one way or the other, I'd actually lean Portland. I don't know how they've been doing it with all their injuries. Uh, CJ McCollum's back. He's been playing great. But I would lean Portland in this game. Uh, I like them at home. The Mavs, Mavs are clearly the better team, but two, night, two, two games in a row on the road. Uh, I think the Mavs probably win, but laying four points is a couple too many for me. Uh, the last game of the night I am on, I got burnt by this game a couple nights ago, but I'm going to go back to it anyways. Phoenix is traveling to Utah. Uh, we saw this game a couple nights ago in the flip. Utah was at Phoenix. All the Utah players were out. Phoenix was 11-point favorite. They ended up winning by six. Phoenix is one and a half point favorite tonight. Total 223 and a half. Uh, for Phoenix, Aiton's out, Crowder's out, Kaminsky's out, JaVale McGee's out. So needless to say, they'll be playing small ball. All their big men are out. Uh, but the good thing is, Gobert is out for Utah still, and Donovan Mitchell is out. Not the good thing. It's not a good thing for either of them, but uh, the good thing for Phoenix is that their big men are out, but Rudy Gobert is not available for Utah. So Phoenix comes in a point and a half favorite. Um, I just like this line. I think you know, if, if the game goes small ball, which they do, they're going to have the two best guards on the floor and should be able to cover this very short line. So I've got the Suns minus one and a half on the road at Utah. So three games in the association tonight of the 10 that I'm looking at. On to the NCAA. And this is a great night in the NCAA. It starts off uh, Florida's at Tennessee. Florida's nine, at nine and a half point underdog at Tennessee. I think that's a little long. I'm, I'm not, a, not a fan of Rick Barnes uh, as a coach at Tennessee. And I think Tennessee should win. They're at home, but I'm, I would think maybe more of a five or six point spread. Not on this game, but, but it's a great night. Great uh, six, 6 p.m. Eastern to tip off the evening's festivities. Uh, the next game we have Creighton traveling to Butler. And I'm on this game. Uh, Creighton is two and a half point favorite at Butler. And uh, a couple things here. Uh, as I said before, uh, I, I use I often cite three um, statistical databases or, or uh, analytical tools. Uh, and when they all line up with my thinking, uh, it's just another reason for me to pull the trigger in a game. So I've got Creighton's minus two and a half. I like that line. Uh, Ken Palm has Creighton minus five. Bartorkovic's system has Creighton minus six. And Jeff Sagarin's system has Creighton minus seven. Uh, so they all line up well above that spread. Uh, also, when you dig into the numbers a little more, on um, Butler is not 
Butler's six and four overall at home, but against the spread, they're two and eight. Uh, Creighton's Creighton's two and two in the road, but against the spread, they're three and one. So Creighton plays plays well at home. Butler's average at home this year, uh, clearly an off year for Butler, but their average at home this year, uh, but against the spread, they're quite weak. And when you look at some of their offensive metrics, when you've got Butler at home, uh, three-point shooting percentage, 29.8, which is the 311th uh, ranked team in the country. Two-point, they're 48%, which is 241st. From the free-throw line, so if this game does come down to the end, uh, they're 67.4, 288th in the country. Compare that to Creighton. Uh, from the three-point line, they're not all that great either. 31.9. So they're 259th in the country versus Butler's 311. For the two-point, uh, from inside the arc, they're 55.7. So they're 24th in the country versus Butler's 241st. And then if the game does come down to the end, they're not great. They're about uh, league average free throw, 70.9%, which is 180th. So Creighton's a better offensive team. Creighton's a better team this year. Butler does get a bit of a home court boost. I, re- I recognize that, um, but they've really struggled offensively. And like I said, my model lines up, my, my thoughts line up with the three models that I've cited. So I'm on the Blue Jays here traveling to Butler, which is not historically an easy place to win, but Butler's really been struggling. Uh, the next game, Northwestern is at Michigan. Northwestern's plus eight at Michigan, total 138 and a half. I'm not on this game. I If I had to lean one way or the other, I would lean Michigan. I just don't like laying eight points. If you give me four, five, six, like I would look at Michigan. Uh, they've rebounded a little lately. Hunter Dickinson's playing like the All-American that everybody uh, knew he was. Northwestern is struggling on the road, uh, going into Ann Arbor. I would go with the Wolverines, but at eight, uh, that's just a few points too many for me. Providence travels to Xavier. I like Providence as a team. I think they struggle against the better teams, but it, they're, um, Xavier's minus eight at home. Xavier always plays better at home. And they can't take Providence uh, even catching eight points. If they were in the four or five, pardon me, if it were a couple more, um, I'd be on it. But I don't think, I, I could see Xavier winning by seven to 10 points. So it's a little too tight really for me. Uh, another great game in the SEC, 7 p.m. Eastern time, is Arkansas travels to Mississippi. Arkansas, the Razorbacks are four-point favorites uh, over Mississippi, total 137. This should be a good game. I liked Arkansas to start the year. Then they've had a, uh, I think Eric, well, Eric Musselman is their coach. I think he's still out. He was in a car accident. He may be back. Um, let's hope he's back. Uh, but I don't like taking road uh, favorites like this in the SEC. Uh, the SEC has some great teams, some great athletes in that conference. And while I think Arkansas wins, I could very see easily see Mississippi pulling out the home win here. You know, on the money line, they're plus 155. There's probably some value there. Um, but I'm just not sure that... Uh, no, nah, I'm not going to touch that game. Then we go to the ACC. 7 p.m. Eastern time. Boss travels to North Carolina to face the up-and-down Tar Heels. BC comes in as 13.5-point underdogs, total 146. If anything, I would look to the over in this game. North Carolina has proven that they don't like playing defense and they like to score. Um, But this line is just too... Boston College had a couple of decent games recently, so if anything, I'd be on the side of BC. Uh, But that's just... I don't know. That's that's a big line. I'm not really comfortable on either side of that. Uh, the next game is Bradley at Valparaiso. Now, I was almost on Valpo here. They're they're at home. Uh, they're plus one and a half. Total one thirty six and a half. You can get them get them on the money line at an even plus one hundred. Uh, I think Bradley's the better team, but at home, I could see Valpo pulling this out. Uh, Bradley 
on the road is two and five, but four and three against the spread. And Valpo at home is six and five, but three and six against the spread. So uh, not exactly covering a lot of games at home. And gonna gonna fade this game, but should be a, should be an interesting one. Gonna skip around a few other games. Another game I like is like uh, to watch just just to see how they do. Is Miami travels to Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech's five point favorites, one hundred thirty five and a half is the total. Uh, if anything, I'd be on Miami at plus five. Um, they're, they're they're still riding that big win over Duke a couple weeks ago. Uh, they lost a tight one to Florida State recently. They've been in a lot of tight games. They're much improved. Virginia Tech. Uh, has been a little inconsistent. I think people are expecting more to Virginia Tech. But welcome to the ACC. You know, it's like Duke and then everybody else. It's chaos up and down. Hard to predict, really. Uh, if anything, I'd be on, my, uh, on Miami at plus five. But I, I didn't touch this game. Um, a few other games. Next game I'm on is St. Bonaventure. They travel to George Mason. Now, the Bonnies were a team I was all over to start the year. They had a good season last year. They love playing defense. Um, but... They, they, they seem to have not fallen off a cliff, but they seem to be really, I think, struggling for consistency. Now, the crazy thing is with them, they only have basically five and a half players they play. They play their starting five and maybe one guy off the bench almost the entire game. I think it's ridiculous. I think if they want to have a run now, like as the season stretches into conference play, tournament time, and then, and then NCAAs, you got to go deeper than five guys. You got to go deeper than six guys. Any injuries, any foul trouble, uh, they're going to be in big trouble. And I think you've seen that in a lot of the games recently. So, anyways, they travel to George Mason uh, in this eight ten battle. I got George Mason. Sorry, I think this says minus two enough. I got them at plus three. Um, totals one thirty one. The Bonnies played a lot of games under earlier in the year. They played a few more games over. If, if I had to take on the total, I'd actually go over 131. But I'm on George Mason right now. And uh, the reason is George Mason is 7-1, 7-1 at home. The Bonnies are only 1-2 uh, on the road. And they've had some. George Mason had some good home wins recently against Dayton and St. Joe's last week. Uh, and when you look at some of their stats, they're a pretty good offensive team. Effective field goal. Uh, percentage are 54.5, which is 29th in the country. Now, the Bonnies are 49.4, 204th in the country. Uh, Three-point percentage, George Mason's 35.4%, 87th in the country, so well above average. The Bonnies are number 260, uh, so well below average. They only hit three, 31.8 of their threes. Two-point field goal percentage, again, leans George Mason, 55.7, 21st best in the country, so very good uh, inside the arc. The Bonnies are 52 Probably 50.2%, 158th uh, in, the, in the country. So not very strong there. And for, in free throw percentage, that leans to the Bonnies. They're at 77.2, which is 24%. Number 24 in the country, I'm sorry. Uh, and George Mason's 69.3, so number 228 in the country. So if, if it's a close game, uh, gets in the fouls. Definitely the advantages to the Bonnies, but offensively, uh, George Mason is the, is is the more consistent team. So if they're catching three, they're at home. Happy to take uh, George Mason plus three at home. Uh, let me scroll down. The next game that I that I like there's a Drake at Illinois State. Um, Drake has been an interesting team. They were. If you were following college basketball last year, they were the darlings of the wagering world. They were great against the spread. This this season, not so much. Uh, they are four and thirteen straight up against the spread. Illinois State comes in at ten and eight. Sorry, let me back up. Drake is four and a half point favorite at Illinois State. 
Uh, I'm on Illinois State plus four and a half. So again, Drake is four and thirteen against the spread. Uh, Illinois State State is ten and eight away. Drake is one and three ATS, uh, and at home Illinois State is six and three. These two teams played at Drake January twelfth. Uh, Drake was a thirteen point home favorite. They won eighty six seventy five, so they won by eleven and failed to cover that game. And um, one thing that I think is interesting in this game is Illinois State. From, the th- from beyond the arc, so from three-point land, they're shooting 37.9%, which is 23rd in the country. So that's very good. Um, and Drake does not defend the three ball at all uh, or very well. They're giving up 34.6% to competition, which is 228th. So there could be some points out. I think Illinois has the ability to keep this game close, hit a few three balls, which Drake doesn't defend. If I had to pick a winner, I would be on Drake. I think Drake's the better team. Uh, but they're on the road. And yes, they won by 11 last time, but you see a lot of these games when teams play each other in college within a week or two of each, uh, of each other. It's oftentimes a split in the series. It's tough to win back-to-back games. This game, Drake's on the road. I think they win, but I think Illinois State uh, keep, keeps it close. So scrolling down the board, Oklahoma goes to West Virginia. West Virginia is favored by two and a half, total 130. Uh, this should be an interesting game. I have no feel for this game. West Virginia is a hard place to, to get to and a hard place to win at. And Oklahoma is a good team, but I, I could see either one of these teams winning. You know, if I had to take a side, I might go with the Sooners, maybe money line even, plus one, 125 on the money line, uh, but not going to be touching this. 8.30 p.m. Uh, is Marquette at Seton Hall. Now, this game, Marquette comes in as a six-point underdog, total 145.5. I was looking at taking Marquette, but I was thinking this line might be a little bit larger. Seton Hall is a very good team. They're at home. Uh, These guys met a few weeks ago, and I think Marquette pulled off the home victory. Um, But I I think the market is overvaluing Marquette a little. They've had a good run. They've had a few uh, good upsets. Uh, kept games close that nobody thought they would be in. Shaka Smart is clearly doing a good job there, turning that program into a contender in the Big East. But at six points, um, I'm hesitant to go against Seton Hall. I think Seton Hall had a bad shooting game when they played a couple weeks ago as well, so they'll probably turn that around. And I think Marquette shot the lights out. So uh, I like Seton Hall. Don't really want to lay six points there. Uh, but if I had to pick a winner, I'd take, I'd take uh, the Pirates. Penn State travels to Indiana. Indiana's an eight and a half point favorite. 126 and a half is your classic Big Ten low scoring battle. I'd, take, I'd be on Penn State. I'm not on Penn State, but if I had to pick a side, uh, uh, laying eight and a half points, I'd be happy to take the Nittany Lions. I think Indiana wins. I think they win easy. But uh, Big Ten games are often um, a crapshoot. I don't think that this will be in question the win, the win here, but I think Penn State could hold it, uh, could, could keep it close for sure. Uh, the next game I'm on is VCU, and they travel to Davidson. Davidson's three and a half point favorite, one twenty nine and a half is a total, and I'm on Davidson at minus three and a half. These two teams played at VCU on January eighteenth, so about a week ago, exactly a week ago, and Davidson won sixty three sixty one, so they won by two points. Now they're at home, favored by three and a half points. Uh, I just think Davidson is a better team, and I, I, I'm surprised this line is where it's at. I think I, I thought it'd be a little higher, a little longer. Um, as far as the offensive adjusted efficient, efficiency in Ken Palm's rankings, Davidson's number 13, VCU's number 280. Uh, effective field goal percentage—that's so basically an amalgamation of your two and your three-point percentage. Um, it's not quite that, 
direct, but it, but your your overall field goal percentage, more or less. Um, Davidson comes in number four in the country, fifty seven point five percent. VCU number two twenty one in the country, forty eight point nine. Three point shots, Davidson's number two in the country, forty one point six percent. VCU number one eighty one at thirty three point three. Exactly one third of their three pointers are dropping. Two-point field goals, Davidson comes in at number 45, so still well above average. 54.3% of their twos are they're dropping. Uh, VCU comes in at 228, hitting 48.4% of their twos. Now, if the game's close, comes down to free throws, again, advantage Davidson. They're number 18 in the country in free throw percentage, 72.5%, where VCU is a terrible 66%, which is 324. So from two, they're better. Davidson's better. From three, Davidson's better. Free throws, Davidson's better. Davidson won on the road at VCU last week by two points. Three and a half points for Davidson. Uh, I am on them tonight. Scrolling down the board, Florida State travels to Georgia Tech. I really looked at this one hard. Seminoles are five and a half point favorites on the road at G-Tech. Total 137. Uh, I like the Seminoles here, but a road game, ACC, five and a half is a little long. If it was four... Four and a half, maybe look at it, uh, but I'm going to pass on this one. North Carolina State is in Notre Dame tonight. The Fighting Irish find themselves five-point favorites, 143 in a total. I would lean to Notre Dame. Uh, they've been playing well, had some good games, and NC State is is like so many other teams in ACC, wildly inconsistent this year. So can't really touch that game. Not not interested in that one. Um, let me just back up. I missed. I think I missed. Oh. Uh, I did. Eight o'clock. Iowa State is at Oklahoma. And uh, I'm actually on this game. Iowa State comes in plus three and a half, total 127.5. I'm on Iowa State for the money line, plus 145. I don't often take this long a money line, but, you know, when you see a line of three and a half, that's basically saying at a neutral court, these two teams are even, almost even. Uh, and I don't think that's the case. I think Iowa State's a little bit better. Uh, I'm also on the under 127 and a half. And I like the under. And then again, I went to my three sources. And Ken Palm has the, under, the total at 122. Torkovic has it 123. And Sagarin has it 122. So at a 127 and a half, I'm taking the under. When I look at how these teams line up, uh, defensively, they are both great teams. Uh, offensively, it leans to Iowa State. So as far as adjusted efficiency, defensive adjusted efficiency, Oklahoma State is the sixth best in the country. Iowa State is the eighth best. Uh, On uh, defense of three-point shots, Oklahoma State's the 141st best team. Iowa State is the sixth best team defending the three ball. On two-point shots, uh, Oklahoma State's the 11th best team defending it against it. Iowa State's the 155th best team defending Offensively, this is where it gets interesting to me. And this is why I'm on Iowa State. Offensively, from three-point range, so beyond the arc, Oklahoma State, the Cowboys shoot 29.2%. That's number 328 in the country. Brutal. Uh, Iowa State isn't great. They shoot 32.3%, which is number 237. So they're below average from three-point as well. Um, But then when it comes to two, from two-point range, Oklahoma State is number 216 in the country. Again, well, well below average there. Um, hitting 48.6% of their shots. Iowa State is number 113. So slightly above average. I mean, well above average, but not great uh, at 51.5. And then when it comes to free throws, if this game is close and on the road, I'm on Iowa State, good chance it's going to be a close game. 
Uh, free throw percentage. Oklahoma State hit 65.5%. Number 333 in the country. Iowa State is a little worse than average, but nowhere near number 333. They hit 70.4% of their free throws. It's number 195. So taking a bit of a, a, a risk here. And again, I don't usually take these long money lines, but I like Iowa State. They're laying three and a half, but instead I took the money line at plus 145. And I'm on the under uh, of 127 and a half. Some other games as we scroll down uh, the list here. Net, the last game I'm on is, oh no, sorry, uh, two more games I'm on. Texas A&M travels to LSU. Um for an SEC battle. LSU is 10-point favorite. Totals 131. I'm on the under uh, for this game of 131. Again, the my three sources of Ken Palm have it at 123. Torkovic 123. And Jeff Sagarin have, have his system has it at 129. Um, LSU, fantastic defense. Texas A&M is pretty darn good defense as well. As far as adjusted defensive efficiency at Ken Palm, LSU ranks number one. AM ranks number 32. So two very good defensive teams. Um, AM's giving up 63.6 points per game. LSU's giving up 58.1 points per game. So LSU has stifling defense at 10 points. Can't touch that. Uh, and the reason I'm on the under is Xavier Pinson is out for LSU. He's their star guard, averaging 10.9 points, 4.6 assists, and 3.1 rebounds a game. And with him out for the last game and most of the previous game, their offense kind of sputtered. They've lost, I think, four in a row. And LSU is an interesting team, great defensive team. I'm not sure how far they're going to go this year because on the offensive side of the ball, they tend to struggle against good teams. So they can hold them down, but they have trouble scoring. Hence my lean to the under, or not lean, I'm on the under of 131 tonight. Uh, and the last game that I'm on is VMI at Furman. This is a little earlier in the night. Um, VMI comes in at plus nine at Furman. I'm on of 153. And these two teams played January 1st, so almost a month ago, uh, at VMI. VMI won 76-67, total 143. And in this Southern Conference battle, uh, what I found is two good teams from three and the reason 153 for two teams like this is a huge total uh, but they both shoot three ball really well Furman hits 38.8 percent which is number seven in the country and VMI hits 36.7 percent of their three balls number 42 in the country but what's interesting I found is that a VMI's total shots 55 percent of them are from three-point range that's the number one in the country the, the most of any team in the country Furman ain't far behind 51.4 of the shots they take are from three-point range. That's number five in the country. Uh, as far as the points they score, VMI scores 46.5 of their percent of their points are from three. That's the second most in the country. And Furman, right behind them, 46.4% of the points they score in the game are from three. Uh, that's the third in the country. So why I like the under, though, so you're two teams who just like chucking up the three ball. That's pretty much all they do. They don't like doing a whole lot more else. They just run back and forth and chuck up threes. But they play a lot of teams with weak defense against threes. That's not necessarily the case tonight. VMI, as far as their defense against three-point shots, uh, they're giving up 33% of three-point shots against. That's 100, number 155 in the country, so above average. Uh, Furman's even better. They give up 32 point, 
2% of three balls to opposing teams. That's number 121 in the country. So neither team is great at three-point defense, but they're definitely above average. So I think VMI and Furman have played most of the season doing nothing but throwing up three balls against competition that hasn't been necessarily defending it. They get, they're going to get a little more defense. They're going to have it be run off the line a few more times. And I think that results in a few less baskets. So I wouldn't be surprised if the three-point percentage of one or both teams was below their season average. And that brings me to below the total of 153. Um, to hit 153, they both got to be on. They both got to be hitting the three ball, which they're capable of. Uh, but the way they play defense, I think they have the ability to take that away from each other or take a couple of those away from each other and be under the total of 153. Uh, we end the night with a few co- uh, games out west. Utah is at Washington State. Uh, Washington State's 7.5 point favorite, total 138.5. Um, the Cougars are maddening te- I find a maddening team and I can't get a handle on Utah. Uh, so I don't know which way to go. Clearly the Cougars are the better team. Would they win? Sure. Money line of minus 350. Can't touch that. Utah plus 7 and a half or money line of 275. Not really interested in touching that either. And then the final game, which I was almost on, but uh, I'm not as of now. San Diego State travels to Utah State. Sa- uh, San Diego State is favored by one, total 129 and a half. I actually like Utah State uh, in this matchup. They've been they, they've had an interesting season. They got to get the ball, their big man, a little more and figure that out. Um, but they're at home. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised San Diego State is favored in this game. I would have thought when I, when this game opened, I thought Utah State. I looked at I looked at the game. I thought Utah State's going to be favored by one and a half, two, uh, and it's actually San Diego State. So couldn't get a grasp on which way this game was going. So I just decided to fade it. So uh, eight plays in the NCAA tonight, and then when we get to the ice, uh, the NHL, and let me just pull up the lines here. Uh, five game, five games in the NHL tonight. The Ducks, the red hot Mighty Ducks. Sorry, I guess they're just the Ducks now. They're not the Mighty Ducks anymore. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks travel to the Toronto to play the Leafs. Leafs are on the money line minus two seventy. You can get Anaheim at plus two twenty. Uh, straight up, I, I like the Leafs, but at, at, at this price, like like often in the NHL, I can't touch that. The Flames uh, travel to Columbus. Flames minus one ninety two in the money line. Columbus plus one sixty seven. I think Calgary wins this game. But on the road, Flames have been playing better lately, but just that's laying it. That, that, I don't see the value in that line on the road. Uh, San Jose is plus 190 at Washington. You can get the Caps minus 230. It's actually some value here. I was considering taking the Sharks at plus 190, uh, but their defenseman Carlson uh, is now out, I think, for the season. Uh, with what, what, I think it was a knee injury, but an injury is out for the I think he's out for the season. And um, the Caps have been inconsistent lately, but they are the Caps and they are at home. So... If you're looking for value tonight, maybe the Sharks, but that's a bit of a risky play. The game I do like, I'm not on it, but if I, uh, I, I, if I had to pick a side, I would definitely uh, take the home Detroit Red Wings against the Blackhawks. Uh, you can get the Blackhawks at minus 105. You can get the Red Wings at minus 115. So the market's basically telling us a slight lean to the Red Wings here. Uh, and I would, I, would, I would take that lean. I, I would look for the Red Wings. Good, exciting team. Blackhawks are wildly inconsistent. And then the final game, which will be the best game of the night, uh, the Bruins travel to Colorado. Bruins find themselves plus 155 in the money line. You got the Avalanche minus 175. Um, I think the Avs have lost one game this month, and they're averaging something like four goals a game, which in the NHL is ridiculous. I think they're averaging about four goals a game um, for for the season, actually. They are playing really well. And um, 
just hard to take a minus 175 money line. So what I decided to do uh, was put a little parlay together. We're going to take the first game of the night, the Leafs at minus 270. We're going to add that to the last game of the night, the Avalanche minus 175. Just gives us a little two-team parlay, uh, and that'll pay out at plus 115. So um, a few games in the NBA, huge slate, another great slate in college basketball. Five NHL games, nothing that jumps out, so it took a little fun parlay. Um, but before I go and wrap up, uh, I want to remind you of a couple of partners we have here. First is manscaped.com. If you haven't already gone there, go to manscaped.com and use the coupon code, code HOOPBALL20. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 uh, when you check out for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also check out our partners at mybookie.ag. Use the code hoopball just hoop ball, no 20, just hoop ball on the third page to sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. So, uh, interesting, exciting Wednesday night. Lots of action on the hardwood, on the ice. Hope uh, you enjoyed the show. Hope you got some interesting input. And uh, again, if you're if always, sorry, I'm always interested in feedback, thoughts, comments. Hit me up on Twitter at Doug underscore read three, four, and go to your podcast provider, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you go. And I would love recommendations. Uh, If you could rate and review, five-star reviews always help the show get noticed, always help other people find the show uh, and help promote it. So thanks for listening. Hope you have a great night and we will chat with you tomorrow. 